This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm Ginger Birkenbuehl. And I'm Esther Ikoro, And we're the hosts of the Honest Field Guide podcast. Entrepreneurship is no joke. The journey is full of anticipation, failure, hope, and disappointment. You'll make money and be totally broke at the same time. The Honest Field Guide podcast tells you the truth. We know being an entrepreneur is crazy hard and you will sometimes cry at dinner. Listen in to be inspired, laugh, and learn how to really thrive on your business journey. We've lost our... A little, a little bit of our like innocence around Instagram since we've had our last podcast about Instagram. Yeah, a lot has changed. I mean, like it doesn't we, even look the same anymore. No, I mean, I feel like when we first talked about Instagram, we were like giddy, you know, schoolgirls in the playground, like laughing and giggling, and like you know, like speak you know, for yourself. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, we were. We were just like, oh my god, Instagram! Like, oh my god, it's like, oh my god, it's so great, you know, and it is so great, but. You know, I feel like now we are much more strategic about Instagram. I'm not sure if it's because all the new features we've discovered, because they've been rolling out new things, or because yeah. we've become even more experienced in the platform. I'm not sure. Like, it's, it's both. There's, first of all, we're way more experienced because we have stayed using the technology. So <laughs> let's pat ourselves on the back, by the way. I'm patting myself <laughs> on the back. So many features have rolled out that. As you practice using apps like Instagram, the skill level and the um, and the time requirement or the in- involvement required in creating content has jumped because there are just simply more features, there are more options, there are more things to do. Yeah. So it's becoming this Swiss army knife of being able to tell stories and document Do you think they would like events. that? Like Instagram is the Swiss army knife of social media channels? It is. Yeah. <laughs> It is. I kind of actually. I think you're right. And I think you're right. You can see from the different features that Instagram has put out that they're trying to stop you from leaving the app as much as possible. Mm. The only competitor to that is TikTok. <laughs> I'm going to put it out here right now. I would like to see Instagram have video editing capabilities the way TikTok <gasps> has. And you know, Instagram ate up that that Facetune and augmented reality stuff from Snapchat. Wow. And people are sharing a lot of TikToks so on so Instagram. You want, so you want Instagram to kill TikTok? I want Instagram to kill TikTok. You know what? That's just not right. I, why would you do? I mean, why? I mean, it's. A, well, I believe. All, I believe in competition, sense. and TikTok is upping the game, and I think it's totally awesome. I mean, I think yeah, it's, it's great. I think it's great. I don't want them to kill TikTok. I don't I, want them me, to acquire TikTok. Me, we need amen. to have competition. I don't want them to acquire TikTok. I think some <laughs> of the features inside of TikTok are a natural evolution for Instagram's story features, such as the ability to edit footage in a very um, concise and specific way. As opposed way. to the front and the back end. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and to be able to really put things together, those transitions, I mean, those transitions are a game changer mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. TikTok. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it 
feels natural as something that you would look at on Instagram stories. I'm sure they're already thinking about that because with the amount of TikToks I'm seeing being shared on Instagram stories. I know. I'm like amazed by that. There's no way that they're not thinking about how do we stop people from going to TikTok because eventually they're just going to stay on TikTok. They're going to stay on TikTok, right? The filters are astonishing. I mean, I, I love the filters. I will say, though, that, and we, t- we talked about this on an earlier, on another podcast with um, Kate Layden from The Ruby Room, but the, the, the dawn of filters for faces is really creating, in my mind, a very skewed view of what people are supposed to look like. Well, there are two different, those are two different conversations. I'm not talking about filters as in only filters to make you just look a little better than you look. I'm talking about filters, the way people use them to do things like put sunglasses on each other or create an augmented reality experience. I think the most revolutionary filter that I've seen come out of Instagram thus far, even though they're all pretty cool, but they all do the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Especially the ones I'm talking about, the front-facing camera ones. The coolest thing that I've seen come out that I don't think that any business has really capitalized on is that filter that does the countdown thing on your forehead. The amount of engagement that those types of things have had, and it's just a completely what What's kind. What's the countdown on your forehead? You fi- a filter. You put it on your face, and it does this roulette. What type oh, of car are you? And it shows yeah. up a Honda, a Hyundai Sonata, and people are like, "Oh my gosh!" And you're just like, <laughs> "This is pointless." But when you it's fun. It's fun, but there's no reason why. Well, it's fun because it's random, and that's why casinos work, too. This is not connected to anything. There's no outside context built around it. It literally just shows you a random thing from a list of possibilities. Like, what what type of country are you from? (laughs) Ireland. And it's some African person that's like, yay. Does everybody get that, though, that filter? I think so. Let me see. So we're the reason we're having this conversation is because we did a podcast in 2018 when we first started. It was actually our very first podcast, and it's still our number one most downloaded podcast. And we talked about a lot of awesome things around Instagram, and we were putting it in the context of how to use the platform for your business and trying to get people to change their mindset around having too much fun on the, on the platform and figuring out how to really leverage the tools effectively so they could drive, you know, sales or attention or or whatever whatever you're looking to do in terms of your goals to use it for a purpose as opposed to jumping down a rabbit hole and having a ball. However, all the new cool things that we're talking about, Esther, are making both of us jump down a rabbit hole and spend a lot of time on the platform and not finding an escape hatch because there are so many, so many cool things. I mean, the choices are vast on Instagram and they keep rolling out more and more and more stuff. And I do believe part of that is because of, you know, other competing platforms like TikTok, which are giving people another portal to have a lot of fun because Instagram has been the only place to have a blast, really. You know what I'm saying? Like you could have fun doing your job every day on Instagram. And there's no, there's been other, no other place to really do that. I mean, even YouTube, which is also a fun platform in some respects, it's not as social, at least it hasn't been traditionally. I know they're moving towards it being a more social environment, but I mean, but now it's like, you're right. I mean, TikTok is like, you know, going bananas, right? But the filters, like get back to the filter conversation because I love the filters too. And the filter conversation is really a lens into a wider conversation. So when we look at these free platforms that seem to want to empower business owners to do more 
inside of their ecosystem, we have to take a step back and say, what features are they rolling out? What do they want people to do with this ideally? And where are the windows open for you as a business owner to stand out? So when we look at something like Instagram and the rise of extreme filters and and augmented reality and things like that, I see Instagram as a company, Facebook as a company, trying to empower creators to challenge something like a YouTube because they're actually helping you lower the barrier to entry to create really advanced looking content. Like you you can make advanced looking content looking using in-app features on TikTok, using in-app features on Instagram. And that's because they want people to really create this kind of higher level experience with what they're doing. So when I see new filters coming out and I look at it from a business perspective, it's really cool to tell me what type of Disney princess I am. But but that concept and the ability. Okay, wait, can we just like pause? I never did it. I never did it. I would be Mulan though. I never did it though. Yeah, I would be Mulan though. Um, (laughs) I already know which one I'd be. I'd be upset if they didn't land me on that one. So let's get down to business. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know which Disney princess I would want to be. Which one complained the most? Oh, thanks. When I look at things like the Instagram roulette feature, Instead of getting super sucked into the fun of pulling the slot machine handle down and figuring out what random type of sedan you are or what what wrapper you are, I sit back and I think, how can businesses use this type of feature to create engaging and interactive experiences for their audiences and for their potential customers? Because I think that's where things are going next. There's a reason why when you go on Instagram, you as an individual can download the backend tools and create your own filter. It really isn't that hard. There, there's a burgeoning community on Facebook for people creating filters. It's a very, very low barrier to entry compared to what you might think it is. And there's a reason why they have created that type of simplified platform to let you make something that looks as advanced as a face filter. When you go on people's pages, On Instagram, you can see the filters they've created. And when you use a person's filter, their handle is attached to that and their entire profile is attached to that as well and other things that they've made. So we've begun to see the empowerment of the creative side of personal branding, of business, of all of that. So I think that we're going to see in less than a year or two years, if not by the end of this very year, businesses utilizing things like Instagram filters to create engaging real world experiences for their clients and their customers. Yeah. I mean, I think too, with all these new tools that the creator community eventually is going to have to start asking Instagram, can you please pay me for this? Yeah. I mean, when is that going to start? Because I'm like looking around at these people like, oh my gosh, they are creating some amazing things. I don't, I mean, I'm not noticing sponsored you know, creators or anything like that. I am seeing a lot of retweeting and resharing of Mm -hmm. their content, but I want to know how they're going to get paid. And so maybe, maybe that's a signal that, you know, Instagram um, might be moving towards a model that they can start helping people monetize Mm -hmm. their craft easier, right? Because nobody's been monetizing on Instagram yet. I mean, Facebook 
um, you can run advertising, get people to mm-hmm. click buttons to buy your products mm-hmm. and services. Mm-hmm. YouTube, depending on how many people mm-hmm. are following you or liking you or engaging with you, that is a super easy path to monetization. Monetization, And they've always been monetized. Like mm-hmm. Facebook, I mean, uh, YouTube's always been monetized, mm-hmm. right? It's a great, great opportunity to make extreme money because sponsors can write you checks too. Yeah. But Instagram, on the other hand, it's like, I mean, you have a lot of amazing people that can't help what they're doing. They can't help mm-hmm. but create and nothing will stop them from creating. And so when you have that kind of an audience, you want to help that audience. I mean, that's one of the things that Apple did a long time ago when they first started the brand. I mean, Apple was always about the creator and yeah. they put the most powerful tools in the hands of the creator. And that those tools help those creators make a ton of money Amazing creating stuff. things. You know what I'm saying? And Instagram really hasn't stepped out to help people make money. They haven't. I mean, they've really been capturing a lot of attention and getting people to put attention on other people. But I think it's high time that Instagram starts saying, you know what, we got to figure out a way to get people paid. I mean, I'm listen, I'm Absolutely. just saying it. I mean, you know, full disclosure, you know, Facebook is one of our agency clients. However, you know, let's go Instagram. Let's try to figure out how to pay people for stuff because there's a lot of us out there that would love to um, make a couple of, you know, coins. And we have to pay attention to that because YouTube is pretty straightforward. Yeah. You make a video. It gets views. Ads are run against the video, you get paid, you read sponsored spots within the video, you get paid. Yeah, and I mean, we even used to, so when I go out, you know, doing workshops on how to use Google Tools for Business, my, um, one of my messages has been, build your community on Instagram and then ask people to go to YouTube to follow you because that's the place to monetize. That's always been the threat. The reason why I was saying that too is that YouTube is very straightforward and it's always great to diversify the platforms you're building your attention on and engaging with your audience on. But when we look at things that are as complex as Instagram filters, it's hard to see what monetization looks like for some of those other things. Not only are you creating content with the tools that the platform gives you, but with the ability to create a filter as a business or as an individual, you yourself are creating a tool for other people to then use. So you're building the platform in a way that we haven't been invited to build any other platform. You can't add new features to YouTube. You can't add new features to Facebook. You can't add new features to to TikTok. But you can add new features to Instagram by I mean, creating innovative you, filters. It kind of makes you wonder when you think about this, like, okay, so what's this going to do to Photoshop, I wonder, Adobe Photoshop? I mean, if you're able to do these things really easily with, you know, a couple of, you know, droppers— and then, I mean, Photoshop has been a really powerful tool to make all kinds of filters. They really, I mean, Photoshop is sort of the grand, you know, top level of anything you can do to create, change, alter, mm-hmm. or manifest all new concepts and ideas, you know. What, so, what's been happening now that I've seen with things like Photoshop is that those things have been relegated to people doing more advanced work. And I think they should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to a time when and people had to go and learn Photoshop. Now, if you want to cut a picture out of a background and that's all you want to do, you don't want to make something complicated that needs a program as robust as Photoshop, you can download a, a any number of apps that will just cut you out of a background and help you put it on another one. So the people who would have been stuck in the gap the learning gap that would now be have an opportunity to make things <laughs> at the level I'm that they want to make. I'm that would be me. There are places I would be and the places I would see One it'll come and I'll be free Esther, why aren't more people making more beautiful things? There are two reasons. There are haters and there are people who think that there are haters. 
wait, what? <laughs> I, I said exactly what I said. Okay, I don't this, understand. There, what is, how did hate? How did haters three, get there into there that? There are three types of people in the world. Oh lord! When it oh comes god! To here creating, we go. Okay, let me sit. Let's go. I'm sitting. There are three types of people in the world when it comes to creating content online. Two of them are focused on social validation. I'll start here. My least favorite people in the world are people who are experienced photographers, videographers, cinematographers. People, maybe some of them are very classically trained and have high level of technical skill. And when they see anybody who does not have that high level of technical skill attempting to do something, they turn their nose up at it. They scoff at it. They talk Mm. bad about it. They have all sorts of things to say. The funny thing is, oftentimes when you look at those people's social media presence, they scoff at social media and they don't really put out a lot of content because they are still stuck in a world. And I would be too if I spent a bunch of money going to cinematography school only to come out to see that I can do these. There's, they're in a weird turn part of, of our time and technology. Mm-hmm. But the simplification of some of these processes in a way that is as much as they might hate to hear it, good enough because people are watching these things on their phone, the simplification of the process to get to a finished product really eats some people alive yeah. because they want you to know how to use an Ari Alexa and color grade and yeah, and you don't need to do all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When yeah, the reality cares. is the worst filmed content with great substance in it is going to do a lot better than the most you know, expensive looking black magic filmed thing. And you don't need to go to school to learn how to do it. The issue is also that there is a snobbishness and a self-righteousness that comes along with the concept of social media. And even though people talk about that in their personal lives, everyday people who own businesses allow those ideas to infiltrate their mind because people turn around and they regurgitate the same thing at business at at dinner tables and they say too many people are on social media they're spending so much time no one wants to see blah 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 well guess what if you want to get better at creating photos and images for your business you have to practice in public Mm -hmm. and that practice is always going to be uncomfortable and the, the worst person in the world is a person who sees someone else practicing and doing something and has something to say about it because it isn't perfect oh my god I Th- love it that is the first type of person that person is a hater wow this person I mean, is a that hater. was like I mean seriously like I, that was like I hate wait. those people you, <laughs> I detest those your people oh if, my you're god, making your so, if you're like, making so if you're making so much money then you get off Jesus. Instagram you don't have to talk about this <laughs> go run your business and do your All thing right, preach, let girl. these people the do other two? stuff the other person person, the second person, is the person who allows the concept of those types of haters to stop them from practicing on Instagram. Because people look at their Instagram pages when they first get started, especially as businesses, and they think, well, I don't have 10,000 followers, so it's not going to look good if I'm trying too hard, you know, to do this Instagram thing. It's going to look desperate, It's going to look pathetic if I use too many hashtags. It's going to look whatever. And it's like, but every day you clean your storefront or you make sure things are right on your website and you fold the clothes nice and you do all of the things that you do to maintain the appearance of your business, but you don't want people to feel like you're putting in too much effort because then it's not cool. Wow. I mean, are there people out there that exist like that? Yes. I don't know anybody like that. They're all the people that are feel like- That don't want to look like they're working hard? that's well, what you just well, said. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You and I see it as working hard. The n- public 
thought process has lied to people and made them think that if they're working hard on Instagram related to their business, they're wasting time or they're desperate or they're trying too hard or they're feeding into the negative things in our society that have to do with social media. When in reality, most people who get to 10,000, 20,000, a million followers did it because they consistently posted high quality content and they felt out their audience. They carved out their niche. They did whatever. They made connections. They were consistent over a long period of time when nobody was looking. And that's the tough part for people is that they don't want to accept the fact that they have to publicly go through the process of no one looking. Well, you know, now it's the barriers higher though to get 10,000 followers. Okay, what's your third profile? My third person is the person that I love the most, is a person who does not care about either one of those people. (laughs) Is the person who literally starts their YouTube channel and gets to pluck in away. There is a girl that I saw on YouTube this morning. Mm -hmm. High school kid, right? She has a YouTube channel of course, she's over 18. Titled. Titled. <laughs> titled. To, when you, I think when you sign up for YouTube, don't you have to, like, agree that you're, like— I don't know. I think there's, like, you Maybe know, her parents sign up for Unless you're, like, channel. a kid's channel. <laughs> she had braces, but that could be anyone. <laughs> she has a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and it was titled, How to Avoid Creasing Your Jordan 1s. Oh, my God. What an she awesome went, idea. And her video was not amazing as far as the camera she shot it on, but— she must have shot it on her phone. It was good enough. It yeah. was clear enough. And she edited it in a way that was funny. Mm-hmm. And her commentary was good. And the content was good. And I watched that whole video but because you know, but, I mean, I'm but wearing you, expensive but you shoes know, and I don't want to crease them. But you know, though, that YouTube is very different of a platform from Instagram. Instagram has a much higher bar for beauty Wait, than YouTube. It's true, but it's the same mental headspace, though. Of okay. A lot okay. of people, even when they think about starting their YouTube channel, yeah. think about beauty. People don't want to be in front of the camera for the same reasons that they hesitate on Instagram. Yeah. The minute it's pointed at them or the minute they have to produce content, they start thinking it has to be perfect or it's not going to get enough attention. When the reality is that girl identified a problem that a lot of people have. She created a tutorial that in in at its core was very useful to me. And she added a little funniness to it so you get a sense of her personality. Mm-hmm. Those are the ingredients you need. Everything else are bells and whistles that are nice to have. Mm-hmm. But she had 157 157- subscribers and she had like 50 likes that's starting somewhere yeah that's a good start yeah and i'm sure if you go back in her youtube channel she had zero at some point but she is doing it and starting that engine and using that muscle and then it's like you might look at it and say some people have millions of views on youtube but you're like but this is still a good amount Mm -hmm. that she made something and it's evergreen so over time people are going to keep asking about this because this shoe is still being produced My original question was, you know, why are people putting out so much ugly stuff? Why aren't they really going hard and using the tools? I'm not sure. I mean, to me, they seem really easy to access. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I feel like they're right there at your fingertips. You just have to spend the time and explore the different Mm -hmm. features and the different tools. But a lot of people really aren't doing it to the extent that they should. I mean, they're using the same filters all the time or they're putting the same type of content in stories or... 
Um, and we didn't even talk about IGTV yet, but, and, and these people that I'm talking about, they're entrepreneurs, they have businesses, they have the spunk and the spark to do these things, but they're not doing it. And I'm curious about that. I mean, I understand that creative people are not afraid to try new things because that's how we think. That's what mm-hmm. we do. We're visual and we write stories and things like that. But but the everyday average entrepreneur, that's, that's whether they're selling makeup or fabrics or whatever, like there's a really a wonderful woman who um, has a textile design company. Her name is Jen Hewitt. And actually um, she illustrated a couple of our um, podcast covers, which is really a lot of fun. She uh, obviously just shows her artwork, right? Like she puts all of the images of the work she's doing. She's a perfect candidate, though, to use some of these Instagram filters. She's not. It's part of it because people get comfortable in what they think is already working for them. The The best way to grow your business is to, to find new ways to... To reach, find new ways to do things. To reach people and to do things and to put a new spin on something and and your voice is still the same, but you're surprising and delighting people and you're showing them that you're actively moving forward in your company storytelling process. But do you think there's something about some of these tools that they maybe some people know the tools are there um, to create really cool, colorful things with lots of movement? Is it because they're afraid of making a mistake with these tools? You know, I mean, for example, there's a tool in Instagram um, when you go to create, you go you go to your channel and you hold down the your story button right mm. and then you get add to story and mm. when you go to add to story you have this whole row of things on the bottom from live to create to normal boomerang layout super zoom hands free and there's other ways there's other things on here of course you know all you have to do is click one of these things and like take a picture of yourself do a forward facing camera or take a picture of an object or whatever you could tell a story around it you can type messages you know, there's people that are not using these things at I, scale. I At scale. I think that the main problem with that is that people think that it's too time consuming and the amount of options that they have is a little overwhelming. Oh, but that's why we say that so. planning is important. Having someone whose dedicated job it is is important. Taking time out to just focus on growing that part of your knowledge base is important and not trying to do it on the spot is important. But the act of exploration and practicing something and, and allowing it to come out rough and then eventually get your rhythm and figure out what you like and then every once in a while try something new. That's a process that people aren't willing to expose themselves to. Yeah, you know, when we do workshops um, for Google, when we're doing the Google Digital Coaching Workshops, the content that resonates the most with people is how to create original content, how to write interesting stories, how to take beautiful pictures. I mean, it's it's over and over again, we see the same things where people mm. are frozen with fear, I guess. It's fear. It is fear. And that's kind of what I was talking about because they're afraid that they are coming out of the gate with no social validation. Therefore, they feel like less than when in reality, the people with the social validation are able to gain it because they don't look for it immediately. They just start making they things start and making putting stuff. it out it's in like the world. It's like what Jerry says, make, 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 make. There's the people who think that it should be complicated and that everyone else is just making trash. And so it's this ecosystem of negativity that stops people from action by feeding on their insecurities and need for social validation. The issue of people needing to tell stories and figuring out what their voices is as much of a psychological issue as anything. And that's why people have like business coaches and speaking coaches and like life coaches and things like that. You can't hide phoning in who you are as a business. And in this day and age, 
the story that you tell around your business is important. There's no getting around it. If you want to be successful and step out of the crowd of other businesses like you, you have to have a personality and put out content related to that brand personality. And people need to know what you care about and who you are and how you do things and what makes you different and why they shouldn't buy this from Amazon. And you can't pretend to have a voice that you don't have. Unfortunately, what's happened on Instagram is that we see so many different people doing formulaic content that some people in the small business realm, like that works if you're doing dog memes, if you're just posting pictures of beautiful women or amazing looking cars or buff guys. Like there are some tried and true things that human beings always want to look at. Puppies, women, cars, (laughs) muscles, nice interior spaces. Don't forget the cats. Cats, but really puppies on the real. I know, but there's a really cool like Instagram channel. Unlikely animal friends. There are things that humans, since America's funniest home video, we just want to watch. It doesn't matter if it has the white bars around it. That's how memes came about. Like, there are some things that just work. If you're not a meme account, you shouldn't say, I am now going to try to follow the formulaic stiff feeling of these types of accounts that do things at a very high volume. They're posting 20 times a day. Like, they're a machine and there are multiple people working on them and they're able to crank out in that way and get in front of people. That inauthentic, cranked out, manufactured feeling of those accounts, people take that. They take it to mean that all of Instagram is like that or all of social media is like that and is that base level. And then they forget that people just like them are looking at Instagram going, wow, this is base. This is basic. This is basic. This is shallow. This is shallow. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually like, I feel like I love Instagram. I think it's a lot of fun. But I will tell you, there's people that I follow and I am visually bored with their information, their content. It's like, I'm like, okay, come on, people. Like, there are so many cool things you could be doing on Instagram. Please start trying something new and fresh. It's getting stale. It's getting way, way the same. I mean, what do I always say when I'm delivering workshops? Everybody looks the same now. How do you stand your how do you stand out and make yourself look different? Because every single person has the same exact filters. Okay, great. Use the filters, but come up with something else creative to do with the filters, which means telling an interesting story around them, right? I mean, everybody yeah. can put a bunny nose and bunny ears on their face. Everyone can put on the sunglasses. Everybody can put on the eyelashes. I mean, seriously. So what exactly is the message behind some of this stuff to make your business stand out? And this is the place that I try to figure out like, okay, what is the message that needs to be shared aside from saying, okay, everybody needs to follow Instagram for business. I mean, that's obvious. If you're not following Instagram for business, then you please need to start following it because you'll get a lot of ideas around that. There's also Facebook Blueprint. That'll give you some right. ideas on how to for, craft stories. For targeted ads. I mean, go ahead and do it. You know, go ahead and figure out. But they also tell, they also give you ideas yeah, on how you can how tell you a can good tell story. Stories. I mean, they really do. The, the issue is that instead of starting with the visual and the formula that you want to follow so that you can start to crank out things at high volumes like some of those accounts, it really starts with the voice, your story, who you are, what you have to say, why your business matters, what you, and that's the hard work that people don't want to do. But I mean, I think it's hard, but on the other hand, and no one can really tell you that unless they spend a lot of time with you and you pay them a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, also, I I mean, if you want to work around that is just tell the truth. I mean, I was at an event this this weekend and this woman was um, starting to launch a business and she was a little bit 
worried. Like, I don't even know how to do this or where to start. I don't think anybody cares about my story. And and she was talking to me about um, her infertility as a Black woman. And so my first thought that came to mind was, you know, Michelle Obama's book, um, Becoming, where she actually talks about her infertility and the treatment she had to do to get pregnant. And it was like a mind-blowing experience for me because I have this idea that all Black women are abundant and every Black woman is ready, like, can have a baby because that's just some kind of false narrative. And so when she said this and all these other women in America came out and said, me too, it's like, oh my gosh, there's an entire, mm-hmm. there's an entire, you know, secret shamed group of women in the in the country, and I'm speaking in the United States, probably all over the world that struggle with this. And so I had this conversation with her and it started an entire conversation in the at the entire table of all these things that all of us were packing inside about infertility. And I looked at her, I said, see what it looks like when you actually tell your truth because you can have a conversation and you can help people understand that you are an expert and this is a jumping off point for you to tell a story. And so that's the thing that like people... Um, especially when you're in business trying to like sell your product or service, you have to get to the place of an authentic story. And then you can start doing all the other cool things on Instagram. But I mean, listen, if you don't have an authentic story to tell, at least try the, to use the new filters for God's sake. I don't know who would not have an authentic story to tell. Well, I mean, the fear of telling the authentic story. Yeah. And so that's that's the thing You that I don't think unless you're in a category that is like you sell baseball hats and you're right by Wrigley Field and just by the foot traffic you're going to get you get what I'm saying I totally you have get a what deli you're stand and you're right by a barn when boom. they come out at 2 a.m. you know that you're open. there are some things that are built in and we're not talking to you and you're probably not listening to this podcast anyway cuz you're Yes they are wherever you're at but one. you get what I'm saying there's some people who like they don't have to innovate to just keep that rhythm. But you know what? As soon as Uber Eats come out, you're in trouble. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So I guess your point is like, it really does matter. I mean, it doesn't matter. You still have to have an authentic story, even if you have a built-in whatever. But I mean, I guess that's sort of it. And it's your voice. You don't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean like sharing anecdotes of specific things necessarily just documenting who you are what you do what your process is showing people the realities behind your product in instagram stories you know what i did you know what i did once i mean here's an example like one day i just felt like talking about something i was just sharing an observation i had instead of me just putting the camera in my face and talking I first like scrolled through the filters i was like well let me just do something really cool because you know i don't have my best makeup on anyway and I don't really like the way my hat looks. And so I did a filter and I told a story and I got so many views on that story. And I know part of it was because Instagram loves it when you're using the filters. But the other thing was I was telling a story that I think I've probably told before, but it was also interesting to look at. I mean, it was really simple. It didn't take me that much time. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of the the difference now between, you know, our original conversation around Instagram, which was, you know, a little bit more of a, you know, like, you know, a giddy, you know, maybe not as strategic focus on the platform. But now I have a better sort of way to talk to other people about Instagram that have a business that's different from before because of all these really, really new cool things. There are a couple of, um, I think, again, I think Instagram for business is a great channel that everybody should follow. There's actually a couple of other um, Instagram channels you should be taking a look at, but just to not give away everything, Go into the search bar, you know, on Instagram and just type in things related to Instagram and you'll get suggestions for different accounts. 
that are designed around Instagram. You can also type Instagram in for a tag, and then you can see all the different posts that are tagged with Instagram. And if anything catches your eye, click it and see if you come back with some other accounts that you can follow to get some ideas on how to use Instagram better for your business. And certainly Google search is always a fantastic place. If you put the question in how to use Instagram filters, why should I use Instagram filters? Which Instagram filter should I use on Google search? And you'll come up with all kinds of awesome ideas and suggestions. There are places I would be and the faces I would see one come and I'll be Okay, so what about analytics? What's changed on analytics? Why are analytics important? Are they working on Instagram? What, what is it, Esther? What's going on? Analytics are still important. I think that the lens you view them through is also important. It takes consistency to gather data to even have a baseline to know what you're talking about and how what you're doing is working. Some of my favorite analytics on Instagram are location, gender, age range. Those are table stakes. It's important to know where the people who are seeing your posts are coming from. And those are things that when people see them, they need to start experimenting to make sure that they're hitting the target that they want to be hitting. That means shifting shifting your hashtags, you know, connecting more with people in the real world, getting your name out there to, to make sure that you're not just selling your restaurant to people who live in a completely different country or state. And aren't the analytics different depending on what type of account you have, right? Like, I don't think you can get analytics if you just have a personal account. You can get some, but you've got to have business. A business profile, or you can have the new creator profile, which has even more granular analytics than the business profile. And there are a couple flexible options within that. So my favorite set of analytics to look at is the insights on specific posts. So we talk a lot about using hashtags, tagging people, using locations, posting at different times so that you show up on people's home screen, getting relevant to them, um, making shareable value, adding content. But what do you do after you implement those strategies? How do you tweak them over time? Something that I like to do is when you post something, and hopefully you're posting regularly so you have a good, consistent influx of data coming in that you can look at. You go to your page, go to a post. At the bottom of the post, over the heart and the comment option and the share option, you see a button that says view insights. When you click view insights, at the bottom of your screen is going to come up a very basic dashboard of analytics. It's going to have a heart with a, you know, a light counter. It's going to have the comment counter, how many people have bookmarked it, which I think is also pretty interesting that you can look at. And then how many people Um, visited your profile and what the reach was. What you need to do is you need to swipe up on that drawer right there. That's going to show you an expanded version. And the part that I like to pay attention to is the part that says discovery. It's right under profile visits and interactions. So under discovery, you see how many people followed you after they saw this post specifically. And you see the impressions. But the thing that I want to pay attention to is how many people saw this from how many impressions happen from the home screen, from hashtags, or from other locations? That's that is really so cool. important. That is so cool. So when you use certain hashtags, you'll be like, wow, this post did really well. And most of the impressions are from these hashtags. Or it didn't do well on hashtags. There's not as many as home screen. Maybe I should use different hashtags or, or tweak it or or anything like that. So this is a good way to 
compare. You can go back and compare. If you have a post that did really, really well and it's like a blip on your on your on your data set, you can look at the analytics and the insights for that specific post and go, what did I do differently here? And how can I apply that to my other posts? Those are the specific tactical things that you need to be looking at on a regular basis. And they're all in app, which is they're awesome. All in, you, don't you don't have need to, to like buy anything. social or anything to do this to get this information about Instagram. We've talked a lot about how Instagram is competing with other applications. Yeah. And nowhere is that more evident than with their push for IGTV and the heavy use of video on the platform. Not in stories form, but in stream format and IGTV is a standalone thing. And I will say IGTV is, for some reason, it's really scary. Like, I don't know. People are like, what? Which I mean, I think it's the word TV. Like it's yeah, like I don't it's like, like people that. are like people are like, oh my god, what TV. Do do what do this? I do? What do I do on TV? Like you know, they think of TV. They're like you know, Oprah or you know, like sports. Like I don't know. TV is like is like an is a is an industry. It is the the, the concept of it is very intimidating, and it also feels a little antiquated. Well, it feels permanent. No, it feels like forever. You're just like TV is forever, you know, and you're just like IGTV forever. Like what, what, what the, what the, what? Some people have figured out how to make it work for them. There's some new features that have come out and it's evolving and it's beginning to make a little more sense to the general public. One of the features that is really good is the ability to create series. So you can, if you have a video series that you want to do or multiple video series, you can put those things together so that your video content that you put on there is packaged and contextualized and makes a little more sense for people who want to go back and look at it. I love the fact that you don't need a separate application to use IGTV because that is just dumb. So <laughs> it is. Remember that? Remember when you had to like download IGTV? I was oh like, my oh my God, I know. You lost I me. I don't know. But I don't know. Yeah, you can do it the same way that you can view the face filters that someone makes. You can go and view their series on their IGTV channel. And I think that there are great ways that you can do that. I know hair product companies that do tutorials, series of tutorials for people with different hair types, and they're nice and grouped together in a way that you can find and use it as a resource. I would really like to see it become more searchable, the way that YouTube is searchable. Uh, That definitely needs to be something that's on their radar. Right now, I don't really see that happening. I mean, I the only channel I watch on IGTV is Gary Vee. I think he has... I mean, he is someone that has mastered the current iteration of, of IGTV. I mean, he yeah. just, he knows exactly, like his team knows exactly where to cut the teaser mm-hmm. to make you click the button yeah. to go watch the whole thing. And that's something. I mean, I've spent Sunday afternoons watching Gary V IGTV, really. And, and the way that IGTV, now that you mentioned teasers, is something to think about as well, because you can create now teasers Mm -hmm. in your profile, your stream of IGTV videos that lead directly to that video. That feature, I think, has been something that's been a game changer at this stage of IGTV for people who want to use it. Because if there are people in your followers who don't watch IGTV, but you have a piece of content that would work for them, you can grab their attention from stories and from the places where they are and then point them to other places.
I love Instagram Live. It is so much fun. It's really, really easy. YouTube Live is easy too. Don't get me wrong. YouTube Live is easy. And YouTube actually has more powerful editing tools in app. As to your point, where like Instagram doesn't really have in app detailed, fine, you know, refined editing tools, YouTube Live does have that, which is great. Like you can do a YouTube Live. And you can schedule it for later or schedule it for now. And you can go in with a fine tooth comb, just like a high-end professional editing program and edit little sections and little seconds and little minutiae out of the entire thing that you do on live. However, if you're at an event and you don't have like, you know, your computer set up or you don't have an additional camera attachment to your to your computer, just take your phone out and do, you know, an Instagram live and it could be really, really cool. And you can save it and you can download the video for later and you can put it in some other package or some other thing and make something really cool with it. I love Instagram Live. Instagram Live is also great because it's created a whole different lane of content creation that most people never thought of. And that's through the fact that you can have other people join you on your Instagram Live. It's so cool. Do you know the that people chat. now basically have live talk shows yes. where they regularly jump on Instagram mm-hmm. Live mm-hmm. with other people and they have conversation back and forth? This has been a really good conversation on Instagram. I'm excited to see what they have next. And They better get a next. Well, they're definitely going to get a next. They got to get a next. It's too robust they got, now. They, you know what? No, they it's got too this robust. is the thing. Instagram is going to have to really really raise the bar at this point. They got to they got to just come out the gate with something so mind-blowing that you're just like, oh my God, I, that's how I feel right the now. The ecosystem is big enough that they don't have to do anything mind-blowing. I think these incremental changes are enough to satisfy the public the same way those three little cameras on your iPhone is enough to satisfy you. Wait, wait, don't go that far because I, I am not satisfied with these three little you cameras still bought on my it, iPhone. Though. You paid it. I paid for you it only because I want to do a comparison shopping between it. my Pixel and... Yeah. But that's another conversation. That is another conversation. Okay. Okay, Thanks, Esther. This has been fabulous. I'm Ginger. I'm Esther. And this is The Honest Field Guide. We'll talk to you next time. The Honest Field Guide podcast is produced by Burke Creative, written and created by Ginger Birkenbuehl and Esther Coro. The podcast is recorded in the innovation and technology capital of the Midwest, Chicago, at Stomping Ground Studios in Ukrainian Village. Original music is written by and provided courtesy of Utah Carroll. Follow Honest Field Guide on Instagram and Twitter. The opinions expressed on the Honest Field Guide are opinions only and only represent the views of Ginger Burke and Buell and Esther Ikora. E.